Hymns seem old-fashioned to many in the modern church. So how in the world did a modern hymn become one of the most popular songs sung by churches around the world today? Hi, I'm Charles Morris, and today on the Great Stories podcast, we're celebrating the 20th anniversary of the modern hymn written by Keith Getty and Stuart Townend, and of course sung by Kristen Getty in Christ Alone. In a music industry that's often centered on praise songs, In Christ Alone stands apart for its rich spiritual truths, typically only found in the hymnals filled with centuries-old music. Now, I did this interview with them on one of the only rainy days California saw in 2012, inside a church in Escondido in San Diego, California. The pews were empty, save for their oldest child running around, chased by the Getty's assistant-turned-babysitter. Keith and Kristen sat at a piano, talking about music, worship, parenting, and the Christian life in general. They had just released their album, Hymns for the Christian Life. And so you'll hear about that as well. We have a link in the show notes, but now that it's 20 years after that great modern hymn took flight, I want to share this musical conversation with you today. And I'm pretty sure you will be blessed. Welcome back to Haven Today, and that is a brand new song from Keith and Kristen Getty. We're sitting around a piano today, and welcome back, Keith, Kristen. It's been a little while since we've had you in the program. It's good to be here. Thanks, Charles. That is this new song. It's not In Christ Alone. It's been 10 years. I can't believe it since In Christ Alone came out. But that new song is Christ is Risen. He is risen indeed. Somehow that's kind of your trademark. The resurrection, isn't it? Uh, the gospel. <laughs> I've never thought of it as, as, as a trademark, but it, 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 is. Sure is, it sure is great. And, and of course, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed is the pastoral greeting. It's the oldest greeting in, in all of Christian liturgy. It's within every language. And, so this um, is so kind of shalom of uh, the early Christian world then. Sure is. Saying it. Christ is risen. He's risen indeed. And I couldn't believe it. I was thinking one day. I wonder if there's any songs that are called that. And I couldn't think of any songs that actually were called that. So so it's been exciting. And of course, Kristen's uncle, John Lennox, was We've debating. we had him on the program. That's right. He was, he was debating Richard Dawkins. And, and one of their big discussion points is the issue of Thomas. Um, because obviously Dawkins has said that Thomas, the story of Thomas and blessed is he who, who, um, who, who doesn't see yet believes, suggests Christianity is, 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 um, is unintellectual, whereas actually it's faith without sight, which is a very different thing. So we, we took the story of Thomas uh, and what it means to work through doubt, because many of our friends have been through that in recent times, and we've been through that too in our own past. And, and so taking that there, but coming out affirming what Christians of every culture mm. and every generation mm. have affirmed mm. as a strengthening to our faith. Through, through the centuries. Keith, when you're trying to, to write a song, I realize people will have a dream. People who are Christians even will just get a melody in their head. How do you guys actually write music? I mean, you were writing music before uh, you actually started writing hymns for the church. That's right. I think, I mean, I mean nearly all the lyrical brilliance is, is Kristen and Stuart. Of course. Um, I, 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 so I, I can only really speak. I, Kristen I have a lot of, is shaking her head. No I have a lot here. of strong ideas about lyrics, but I don't have any ability at it. So I, I'm, an, I'm, I'm, what you, I'm what sports fans would call an armchair lyricist. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of the music, we, we work at melodies. That melody, actually, the, the derivative of that melody was a five-note phrase, I tried to write an ascension hymn on in 2003 mm, and mm. give up on and then took out again and, and this actually, came back to it then. well actually yeah well actually and a friend of ours 
artist called Ed Cash, who's from a very different world of music to us, um, but but is a good friend. We sat down with him. We started playing with it again, and that kind of reignited it. And um, and we got it one afternoon. So and then I gave it to Kristen, and she penned that fine sort of resurrection story. So. Mm. You know, it's interesting, uh, Kristen. You are known for words as much as Keith writing music. Probably far too many. Isn't that a proverb against that? The person with many words, beware. There's definitely one about a wife with two words. So that, many words, I know right. that for sure. But I've heard people complain about, you know, some of the music in the church today has too few words sung right. too many times. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever accused you guys of that, though. Oh, my goodness. I know. It's one of those things that there are. there is so much text to the songs that if you don't have it either in a hymnal in front of you or on the wall, you can't expect people just to jump in. Mm. <laughs> you can't yeah, shout we, the lyrics We did out. a conference once, and they, they hadn't printed our lyrics, how to put them on their screens, and they said, oh, we thought you could just tell us the words before we started, then we'd sing them. And I went, no, nah, <laughs> it's not going to work. It's not going to work with our music. <laughs> well, th- this should, you, you, you both, of course, are from Northern Ireland. We've talked about that before, the Belfast area. Kristen, some of our listeners may not know, though, that your father is a pastor so yeah, you grew up as a pk I, I grew up as a pk my dad um, was always involved in the church and then he um planted a church with um, some friends and i was a little girl and that's the church i grew up in and the church that he is still he's pastoring. still pastoring mm-hmm. today then and he is a fine bible teacher and so much of how i understand the bible and how i understand the faith is directly from him and mm. that's a priceless gift you can you never repay mm. um, every day i lean on that well, and, and Keith, we've talked about this before. You had your years running away from the Lord. And well, I, I, I think I struggled with faith. I, I, don't, I, I was always involved with the church, but I, I struggled to believe for a long time, um, just, working, just, working, just working things through intellectually. And that's where, that's where I met Christian's uncle, and that's where he was so helpful. Mm-hmm. And, of course, C.S. Lewis, one of Belfast's own most famous skeptics. Okay. Absolutely, we claim him. <laughs> <laughs> only, only an Irishman. He may have lived man. most of his life yeah. outside Oxford, but right. only, 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 only an Irishman could have that amount of passion and humor all in the one, all in the one, <laughs> all in the one person. But, um, but uh, the, the resurrection makes sense. Makes sense of everything ultimately. Um, even at our intellectual lowest points, there is still the the the, the resurrection. Um, is, is the unanswered question, isn't it? But it is the strength in which we build our faith. And it was Kristen at one point said, what a perfect way to start an album called Hymns for the Christian Life by beginning by declaring through our doubt that, mm-hmm. that Christ mm-hmm. is risen. He is risen indeed. And then uh, out, of, out of his life, then credit his album of songs. Well, I'll let you get on a soapbox here for a minute, Keith. This really is kind of your mission. You see this as your passion, isn't it? Well, it's it's, it's the... It's, a, the, it's, the, it's the passion of our working life, at the very least. Mm-hmm. It doesn't read up there with my wife and daughter, but certainly in terms of my, my working life, um, we, we write hymns and are stewards of those hymns, and that's, and that's what we do in it. And um, just a, a commitment to try and find hymns that are, that are rich in truth and, and, and rich, rich, in, rich, in, rich in, 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 the, in the Word, but secondly, that are, that are congregational, that unite congregations. And also thirdly, to try and write art that maybe, maybe we, well, we only aspire to this, but maybe write art that people can carry with them through life, from, from the Old Testament hymns and how they were taught to the mm-hmm. Old Testament mm-hmm. Psalms, mm-hmm. To, the, to the great music and liturgy and hymnody of the entire history of the Christian church. The great hymns have been ones that we were able to carry with them through our lives. Mm. A, a song that only lasts two years, five years, two months, or even six years, you know, that has only limited value. And while they're useful and we love them, and, and we're, we're big fans of contemporary and organic local co- compositions, mm. I do think at the core of the church, the church needs a, a canon of songs. Churches need a canon of songs that their right. congregations carry with them. And, and Luther and Calvin and Wesley and Watts 
And, um, and Newton. And everyone understood that. Sure, Crosby, sure. Just to put a woman hymn writer into the I, mix. I have the only <laughs> hymns on my shelf. I get it out every now and then. And, and, and it's amazing how you can teach the scriptures. Well, you were talking about hymns. having many words in the songs. And it's just such an exciting opportunity as a believer and then as a musician to be able to capture even a little of this, the, the bounty of imagery and information and the big gospel story that we have been given mm. into our music. And it seems just dreadful um, if congregations are meeting together and they're not being able to dip into that feast that we have been given and mm. so it's it's wonderful it's a great privilege to be part of um the, a, a writing team that is trying to bring some of that into the church and um, singing life well the blessing of music we sometimes lose and i know that's what the praise and worship movement 25 years ago sought to tackle but the fact is you can still have joy and, and fervor and dance before the lord singing christ is risen he is risen indeed well Kristen, there's one song on this new album uh, right. that we're releasing uh, this week on the radio and that's a mother's prayer yeah which ironically Notice i'm not asking keith to yeah. comment on this new i know some people song. have said to me you know what about the, what about the daddies and it's just because i was a mommy and writing it hey next <laughs> album we'll give him a chance the father's right. prayer uh -huh. um, but the sentiment is probably the same for keith too um well i know it is and um, this and, and every project we've done we've always um, taken the opportunity to write a little solo piece in amongst mm -hmm. all the hymns mm -hmm. that capture a little bit about where life is at that time mm -hmm. and for this album it was very much um you know we're in the first couple of years of parenthood and how exciting exciting mm -hmm. and full of fears that is as you try and navigate mm -hmm. a completely new chapter and um, this is a song that captures some of the things that we would pray for for our children mm. I remember when Eliza first came you know I don't even think many of my prayers are very coherent because I was exhausted on an emotional roller coaster and so mm -hmm. those sort of 3 a.m calls or when the baby monitor starts flashing in the morning or <laughs> just sort of help me help her save us mm. Lord type prayers mm. and, and as they started to grow and we started to think what, what are the things that we really want to pray for for our kids knowing that you know Keith and I are from I have the um, from Christian families and parents mm -hmm. that have faithfully prayed for us their whole lives and still you know still do um, and that is a, you know, a wonderful gift and we want to be able to give that to Eliza as well and so we sort of channeled some of those fears and joys into this little piece of music. Well and the expectation too in fact just uh, where we're interviewing today a roundup piano it was just a few years ago that uh, you were standing a few feet away and uh, some of our team was actually praying with you because you didn't know I didn't know if, if you would ever be able to have I know, Eliza. It, it became a bit of a heartache for me of well course. a big heartache because it's something that I'd always dreamed of having and then was just um, taken aback and hmm. sort of sent spinning whenever it was difficult for us so when she came it was just was well it was I'm glad you could write the joy the song, of it so we were glad to able to write it <laughs> absolutely before you closed your eyes to sleep I have a promise still to keep as I hold you in my arms I pray your little frame grows strong and that faith takes hold This is Haven today, and that is a mother's prayer. I'm Charles Morris in Southern California, and with me around a piano, Keith and Kristen Getty. Keith, you didn't write it, Kristen wrote it, but that's a precious 
song. And, I wrote the uh, melody. Mother's with me. prayer. Yeah, we're going to let it. you write a father's prayer next year. <laughs> but, right. uh, I was a small part, but only a very small part. My wife was the was was the main. She was the main writer of the song, and and probably did more than fifty percent of the work in bringing Eliza into the world. Out of that, I, I, I would when hope. It, we, yes, yes, I would. In yeah. the balance of things, not thinking about it. Yeah. You guys have been in Nashville now. Is it two years? That's right. Just Nashville? over two years. Okay. Yeah, June fantastic. And and what, what's it like? I mean, I remember before then you were living in Cleveland. You right. understood winters like you never understood back it in was a great Northern time. Ireland. It was a great time. Uh, but uh, you 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 also uh, moving to Nashville. It was a big change for you uh, in many ways. I, I remember, you know, just finding a house right. and a little church across the street from your home where you mm-hmm. could worship. Uh, you didn't have that before. That was great. But what other changes happened in your life? For over a decade, we've been dipping in and out of Nashville because of the nature of it as a music city. And a lot of the time... All the recording, yeah. artist but, friends. Exactly. But a very different experience when you move there and you get to know the post office and the grocery store and mm-hmm. you figure out a church. And then obviously moving to a new place and having a baby there changes how you understand sure. it as well. And um, the area that we live in is sort of the university area of, of Nashville, mm-hmm. whereas before we'd been sort of out in the suburbs a little bit more um, whenever we visited. So we've really loved being in that particular part of town and we've made loads of new friends. It's been fantastic. Yeah, really, really inspiring mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. A lot of young, a lot of creatives and um, a lot of other musicians from other fields. And I think because we, we hung around with a lot of the Irish people and, and had some Irish people around that used to jam and make music, we that, that kind of attracted some of the bluegrass and American folk musicians. Mm-hmm. So we, mm-hmm. we got fantastic exposure to them. We used to have parties at the house, just music parties, and it was just, we had so much fun. Yes, so, we had one last week. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, that's possible. I remember. And some of your friends are not necessarily Christian friends because you've got the Christian music as well as the bluegrass that's there. And so you're running into people from, from, from across, which your, is Your fantastic. neighbors are not necessarily in the Christian ghetto or right. living in a Bible Belt home. That's right. It's been a wonderful, stimulating time, but but I think for everything in life, whether it's our own personal life, our own spiritual life, or our marriage, or our relationships, or our work, or our creativity, or our preaching, in your case, if we're if we're not really excited about something like a, like like hmm. like like a new day in spring, then hmm. we're prob- we're probably in a season that we need to we need to we need to think about how we do that, and because because we need to be passionate about something, and I think what Nashville brought to us was just so many young creative creative people and uh, and people who were in sort of related folk music fields that was that was related to Irish music but it wasn't exactly the same mm. and so it, well, it's been a really stimulating time for us Charles. People who are just geniuses at what they do Absolutely. You, you know and just by being with them make you better. Sure sure well one of the things I know Keith you always have an interest in uh, producing better music music that's got new sounds to it and and yet you you did that in this new album by incorporating old sounds maybe from you know ireland maybe from bluegrass and across the united states the interior of the u.s that's right if there, well if there's one dominant if there's one dominant sound in this project it is that fusion of the irish and the american folk music together and it, and it made it a lot of fun and with the tour we actually began with what we call the northern celtic tour mm-hmm. then we're touring it in america with a churches tour and a concert tour and eventually taking it back to the uk to do the southern celtic tour so it's touring between they, the they, two they places they won't know it hit them <laughs> and then for the, for the two years of christmases in between for the irish christmas which is of course is part of our life and um, we're actually doing the, the theme is Irish American. So this year we're bringing two two Irish players and two bluegrass players. And when we do the mm-hmm. concerts in the road, um, afterwards they do a thirty minute um, lobby party. So mm-hmm. they do thirty minutes of music just in the lobby. People can just four or five of them and do <laughs> in the and they play folk songs a bonus and there, a bit of dancing. It? And it's just it's just so much fun. So well, we now, one, of our, of fun. one of our team members mentioned that. Uh, 
you know, you've actually coined a new phrase for the style of music you're trying to use in your new album. Well, somebody else called it. Somebody, us, yeah, I don't know. Somebody, we've borrowed it, certainly. Yeah, green grass is what they call it. So it's a cross between the Irish, Irish and the... And okay, you got a green grass song to share with us? Well, this is one which we, which we did with the King of Bluegrass. Uh, well, we, we've had the privilege of meeting some of these wonderful musicians. And, of course, Ricky Skaggs mm-hmm. is a believer, 13 Grammys, probably, the, mm-hmm. in fact, undisputedly, the world's best-known bluegrass musician alive, mm-hmm. who's had a huge career as a country musician, many number one hits right across the record world, being the producer for Dolly Parton and everybody else. And um, he, he came to the Christmas concert last year and um, loved the music and met us and spent some time with us. Uh, they'll be the privilege of doing in Christ alone for his 30th anniversary. Kristen and Alison Christ sang it for his 30th anniversary mm. at the Opry. Wow! And uh, then, and then we, he offered offered to be part of our record. So he does some spectacular singing and bazooki and mandolin playing in this song. <laughs> so it's called enjoy, Simple Living. Which enjoy the song, but there's a great last little section as well. If you've time to hear it, it's it, it's really special. He's a wonderful musician. You'll be able to really enjoy both the Irish and the American coming through here. Good teacher, will you tell me What must I do for eternal life? I've kept your laws completely Sell all you have, give to the poor Then heaven's treasure shall be yours How hard for those who are rich on earth To gain the wealth of heaven Simple Living, it is a brand new song by Keith and Kristen Getty and uh, Keith we're we're hearing a little bit of it still underneath it right now Ricky Skaggs is on it plus yeah. some others that we might know yeah the, pro- the problem when these kind of folk musicians get together is they can't stop playing <laughs> so um, we've, 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 we've had them run at our house and, and we're still trying to get rid of them at three in the morning so we're just giving you a little taste of this so uh, when you have them over you guys just go to bed and you let them keep on changing that has happened ah uh, all right you've been at a worship conference and right. uh, yes. not on tour mm-hmm. so we get to kick back just to little bit yeah uh, enjoy the irish rain that's, that's right that's one of, right one of san diego's 10 rainy days of the year and the irish picked it that's right i remember <laughs> first moving to california and we had to wait a year for rain oh it was, my goodness it was just, finally i realized one night i hadn't been around a thunderstorm in a year and a half it was just <laughs> nice i wanted to go out and be struck by lightning yeah. but uh it, it, it was nice anyway good to have you on the program and uh I know if someone's listening to us today, who are Keith and Kristen Getty, but if I say they are the ones that are doing In Christ Alone, then aha, they know you. It is now today one of the most sung Christian songs, hymns in the world, I think, Keith, isn't it? Yeah. um, I mean, you can brag on this. The Lord gave the song (laughs) to you. Yeah, well, uh, the song was written by myself and Stuart Tynan, and um, Stuart was really helped me learn how to write in my early years. So I, I really feel I was a huge debt um, to him. and But it's been amazing how the song happened. I mean, historically, it was written, I wrote the melody in 2000, and he wrote the, he finished the lyric up in 2001. And at that point, there were no, there were really no such thing as a modern hymn. He had written, of course, he had written How Deep the Father's Love, mm-hmm. which was mm-hmm. the closest thing that there was. But the idea of a modern hymn that was a global hymn, sung both in the contemporary world of worship, but also sung in, in, in the traditional church and in the high church and as, a, as an established orchestral and choral piece and mm-hmm. so it, so it, it's been a, it's been a remarkable journey for it and for us i think for me for us we feel it was a providential call to write hymns for the rest of our lives mm-hmm. you know in that and mm-hmm. in, in that i always felt that the hymns was going to be my were, were, hymns were going to be my 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 hobby almost outside of my musical career or, or an add-on and really it it, it convinced me that one of the one of the factors that helped convince me to make um writing and stewarding these hymns are our life's work so 
Mm. And some of our listeners may not know, Keith, you, you, you had a background in arranging music. You worked for the uh, arranging for the, the probably the world's greatest flute player at well, one time. I, well, and, and some of those projects were just small projects, but we, we, did, we did have a, we did well um, at being an orchestrator and arranger and, and director and producer of music and, and in my, throughout my 20s. And, and it served me well to, to learn lots of musical styles on the job. Mm. Um, but, but, but somehow the Lord began working in your life there, you know? Well, I always wanted to write. I always felt we needed a new, every generation needs a new generation of, of hymns. And I felt, and I felt that what was been written wasn't, wasn't necessarily uh, something people would carry with them through life, you know. And so we needed a new generation. So we, we started to write these, and then opportunities just came for them. And so, and so, hey, the, any place I preach, I always ask them to sing in Christ alone. I mean, it's a great, it's a great song to use either just before the message or just after the message. <laughs> and and Kristen, you. Have you ever counted how many times you've sung in Christ I Alone? I remember singing the demo of it back in Belfast whenever it was first written. And actually, had it started off with the different lyrics just because Keith had written the melody. And so I remember that. And then now, the now this was part of Keith's wonderful plan for your life, too. Wooing me. This was part of the proposal, I wooing think. Wooing me to him in a life of hymnody. <laughs> Kristen, sang, Kristen sang the very first demo. <laughs> yeah. So, that was, so over the years, I've sung it so many times. And somebody actually asked me about this just yesterday. How can you keep singing it? And one of the great things about the song is that it is it goes through the whole gospel. And so every time you sing it, you you attach that gospel message to a new chapter of your life, a sure. new situation you're going through. It, 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 there's always a freshness to that because it's a living and vibrant thing. Mm. And also because it's a congregational song, it's meant to be sung by lots of people. You know, as we travel, we get to look out at the faces of the different people singing it and seeing how mm. it affects them. And so the, the experience of singing it is, is, is constantly new because of that mm. as well. But it's a great privilege to get to be uh, so, one of the singers of that song. Even <laughs> if you've sung it a few thousand times, which yep. you have, mm -hmm. you're right. There's a freshness because of the words to it as well as the music, which is really, really nice. Yeah, if you have to sing a song over and over again, that's probably as my experience would be it's a good one well, to get to sing. <laughs> I'm in some churches that don't raise hands that I ask people and, and, and I say to people, it's all right to raise your hands as you get to the end. You know? I mean, it's just, you've got to praise and worship the Lord. Tell me about the new version on the new album. Yeah, well, as you said, it's been just over 10 years since it was first written and we wanted to mark it in some way. Um, and I'm moving to Nashville. As, you know, we've made some new friends. And yes. um, Alison Krauss was one of those people that we just so amazingly and we're able to connect with them, a mutual friend. I think friend. bluegrass when I hear her name. Oh, me too. But she yeah. is a when believer I think in of Christ. One of the greatest singers of our generation, it's Alison Christ. She's the most Grammys of any female artist in history. She's I didn't more than, know that. She's more than Streisand, Houston, Madonna, uh, everybody. Mm. And she is just a lovely lady, and she had um, been singing, and she sang in Christ Alone at a friend's funeral, and someone had told us about that and then we connected with one of the musicians in her band Union Station and um, she kindly agreed to join us in this sort of anniversary duet edition of In mm. Christ Alone mm. and so can you imagine how amazing that was? So you're singing <laughs> it as a duet with Alison Krauss. I know even as you're saying it I can't believe it. <laughs> it's so it was one of the most for me vocally one of the greatest experiences of my life and I'm um, just wonderful to get to watch her sing and let's hear it it's it's the 10th anniversary in Christ alone and Kristen it's not you that we're going to hear first it's, it's Alison Krauss Christ. in Christ alone my hope is found he is my light my strength my song 
This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace, when fears are still, when striving cease. My comforter, my all and all, here in the love of Christ I stand. The 10th anniversary edition of In Christ Alone, uh, Kristen Getty, Allison, Krauss, and uh, I can't stand it. I'm just a few feet away from you, Kristen, Keith, and... Uh, Could we just hear one more little... Just do us two A little verse. snippet. Yeah. Do, you know, do you know how it goes? Yeah. Do you know how it goes? Yeah, have you seen remember? Do you remember the words? <laughs> I was up twice during the night with my daughter, so my brain is a little foggy, but let's try. <laughs> First one. In Christ alone my hope is found he is my light my strength my song this cornerstone this solid ground firm through the fiercest drought and storm what heights of love what depths of peace when fears are stilled when striving cease my comforter, my all in all, here in the love of Christ I stand. Mm. Thank you. Wow. Very, very nice. Keith, you can just play under the rest of the program if you'd like. No, that was great. Thank you for sharing with us. And a little off microphone here, Eliza Joy is... Shouting mommy in the background. No, I thought she was singing along. I thought she knows. She's heard it a few hundred times Yeah, at we're least, trying so. to teach her. She's starting to get some of the lyrics. A little twinkle, twinkle, little star is still a favorite. <laughs> she actually made up her first... She composed her first uh First song lyrics, just a couple days she? ago. Yeah, we were. it was bath time. I asked her to yeah. do something. And she looked at me and she went, no, 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 no. <laughs> Oh, no. wow, we've got some fun ahead of us. And Eliza is, I think, 19 months old 19 now. Months. And she's, she's singing in the background <laughs> off mic right now. Yeah, she doesn't miss a beat, I tell uh, you. No, she doesn't. And this by morning, the way, this morning I was lying in bed and she hit my feet with my shoes. She was holding outside? the shoes. Daddy, outside? I realized my, my evening rest was over. <laughs> it's time to get up. Eliza was ready to party. I think she wanted party at breakfast probably yeah, at that exactly point of the right. day. Uh, we listen to In Christ Alone and everybody I know just is, is so moved by the lyrics uh, and they are content laden. I keep using the word content with you guys, but I can't think of a better word to use. But uh, just this concept of writing hymns for the modern church. You go doctrinal, and people actually listen <laughs> to you going doctrinal. And I'm thinking you, you have a new song on, on the new album on the Holy Spirit. Why is it, do you think, because this is going against the grain of 20, maybe 30 years of Christian music, to head it back in the direction of, uh, let's take what's taught in the scripture, let's put it into music, let's teach people something, as well as make it worshipful to sing. Mm. What's going on in your mind? I think for anything, art is a great apologist. Um, so for example, someone who has the gift of, of music or humor or storytelling is able to, can present things, can present doctrine in such a way that is winsome for people to listen to. But most of all, of course, the, the greatest art is, is the art of one's life mm. and the life that's, mm. that, 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 that sings those things. And so for us, we try to create beautiful art. Um, 
One one pastor once said his life's goal was to make Christ more believable and more beautiful in how he taught about him. Mm. I think it's a beautiful mm. image for people. In, in the case of the Holy Spirit hymn, um, it, the melody I wrote was actually a melody I've been working uh, in the office. One day, one, one day playing Bach chorales. And the next morning I just woke up with the idea of a Bach chorale in my head. So this kind of... kind of came to me and um, then we wrote this in the Holy Spirit and it's a prayer it's a prayer inwardly for the Holy Spirit changing our life inwardly in the first verse and outwardly in the second verse of course with the fruits of the Spirit mm. and then verse 3 is a prayer is a prayer for the wider church but, but, but one of the things that for example when doing it was that when we pray for the Spirit to act in our lives we're, we're, we're praying that um, that Christ's fragrance will rise mm. but ultimately mm. we're praying for us to be led on the road to sacrifice mm. and so in verse 3 it builds up to let the fragrance of our prayers arise and then we turn it around and suddenly it goes quiet lead us mm. on the road of sacrifice that in unity the face of christ will be seen for all to see so we were exploring the beauty of the holy spirit as we understand it in scriptures well, yeah and, and, trying and, to, and trying to find artistic ways to do that talk about something that's not the easiest uh, to understand one the trinity two the second Mm. and third person of the Trinity. But then you have Paul talking about the Spirit of Christ, capital S. So there's just this this fellowship going on. And then uh, you're bearing that out in this new hymn, where the fruits of the Spirit can come out of Christ, in Christ, alive, in us, which is the Spirit of Christ. And I won't try to explain that anymore, but I think we should listen. Holy Spirit, living breath, Breathe new life into my willing soul. Bring the presence of the risen Lord to renew my heart and make me whole. Cause your word to come alive in me. Give me for what I cannot see. Give me passion for your purity. Holy Spirit, breathe new life in me. Haven today and all week we've got the Gettys on with us and we've been listening to some great new music. A new hymn, Christ is Risen, He's Risen Indeed, the 10th anniversary of in Christ Alone with uh, Kristen and Alison Krauss singing it. One thing that strikes me about the new album that you've done, you, you have songs that relate, can I use the word common man, the mm-hmm. phrase common man? And one of those actually speaks of just the labor of what we do. How did that come about? Well, the, the origin of the idea of this song was I was asked to speak, um, give a talk called Hymns, Worship, and Christian Thought at Harvard University back in 2005. Mm-hmm. And it was co-sponsored by a, a InterVarsity group, of course, who used modern worship songs and, and, and guitars, and then at chapels who used high church music. And, um, and the one thing they had in common, they both were in buildings close to each other. And one guy had built wonderful relationships between the two, who, who was quite unique, and he's a wonderful friend of ours. And, and the one thing they both had in common is they both sang our hymns. So they said, Look, why don't we co-sponsor a talk? I got to go to the Phillips Brooks building. Of oh. course, the famous Harvard yes, sure. p- pastor who, who wrote the hymn, Little Town of Bethlehem. In Philadelphia, yeah, but then uh, pastored in, uh, he was from Boston originally. Right. So, yes. so, um, so that was a wonderful opportunity. In that room, they then talked to me and told me something about the history of the, of the university, which I, which I was vaguely aware of, but knew very little. And one of the things that they've revived there in that, in that group is a thing called the Service for the Holy Ordination to Daily Work. 
so that when you're finishing university and going on to be a doctor or a teacher or a they said they actually said a doctor or a teacher or an inventor and i was thinking that's not really a normal job but that's fine <laughs> or, or a mother him writer or, or a mother or a mother or whatever it is that that, that you that this liturgy and you buy your knee and you do something and i said well you know you could write a song i said i will write a hymn so from next year on that's becoming part of the tradition that hymn mm-hmm. is being incorporated next may for the first year mm-hmm. as part of that service it was service. so exciting to try and work on a theme like that we'd never taken something like that before and so it was a new opportunity for new words language and thought there's not many yeah. songs on and, work. And, 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 and although you collaborate, Kristen, you do more of the lyrics. Right. Keith does more of the music. Melody, yeah. But then you each go back and forth. Yeah, too. we live That's in right. the same house, so a we little end bit up of in both each other's at work here. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, so, so that that was the beginnings of it, and um, of course, obviously, you know that. Chronologically, with our music, most of the early hymns were cradle, and then the the second ones were more what you would call liturgical. They were for parts of a church service, like communion or whatever, or benediction or whatever, uh, or, or else they were for parts of the church's year, um, mm-hmm. like Christmas, Holy Week, and uh, uh, Thanksgiving, whatever. And so we started to write more of those. And um, this collection now, really, what you, what you theologians, Charles, would call quotidian theology, day by day theology, theology, mm-hmm. and how it works itself out well, in everyday it's life on the road. You and know? these these these, the these these next few songs are really are, are very specifically honed in on that. And um, so the workers' prayer then, it just comes from that conviction. Growing up, you notice that worship music, and increasingly so, is is, is almost obsessed with the, the experience of the worship itself. Mm-hmm. And indeed, even with the rise of some wonderful theologians and a new generation of great preachers, there, there's been a tendency, even in the last decade, for theology to become almost inward and less and less applied outward. Mm-hmm. And, and, and these things are unhealthy. They, they, they create self-obsessed Christians and Christian communities who ultimately end up dividing because they're not supposed to be so inwardly focused. And so I thought I began to, we began to think this through initially in our own lives two years ago when we came off the road and, and began to realize just what, what does it mean to, to live these truths out in daily life and answer hard questions about work mm-hmm. and about caring for the needs of others and about money and about and about a community and etc. And um, when I thought about work, I, I noticed really several different attitudes I had had. The first one I grew up with was that was that pastors, which was what most of my friends at college in sixth form became, were first level Christians, and thus in our prayers of intercession at church, we pray primarily for pastors mm-hmm. and missionaries because mm-hmm. they're first division Christians, mm-hmm. and then everybody else, <laughs> everybody else like teachers or builders or businessmen or creatives. They get prayed for maybe uh, once a year, maybe of. not yeah, even, yeah, yeah. maybe not, not even. even. Sure. And then what happened was that then shifted to a view which was, no, 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 I'll do my day's work. And then at the end of the day, I'll get it done so I've earned enough money. And the, But my Christian work will be what I do on the side. I'll write hymns on the side. I'll help out with the church on the side. I'll bring my kids to a youth group on the side. Mm-hmm. And that'll be the, the gospel work. And the other stuff is really just what has to be done because of a fallen world, which was also mm-hmm. wrong mm-hmm. theology right. and wrong practice. And then I swung totally the other way in my 20s, which was that, you know what, work is everything. And actually, even though I wouldn't have said this, the drive for success became everything. Mm-hmm. And um, almost and in the end, actually seeking one's identity through work. So that when I mm-hmm. came off the road, I kind of, and part of us being an extrovert, well, I kind of missed the attention a little bit, being at home by myself, and realizing that this this isn't I'm what sorry, works. Sorry, I didn't. Get <laughs> <that>. <laughs> you know, so so he, you know, he's, he's saying things like. We didn't know that before, yeah. did we, Kristen? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I never thought you didn't so know that. So we have a baby now, it's a case no longer but of the course, baby. But of, course, but, of course, but of course, we were created from the beginning mm. in the image of God, mm. who mm. created us to work mm. in his image. 
and each day we become all in. So and so, I guess when I, at the end of a day, when Kristen says, "How was your working day?" I, in, instead of veering towards what were the great things that happened today, what were the bad things that happened mm. today, who were the mm. interesting people I got to meet, who were the obnoxious people that made my day difficult, etc., mm. etc., et we should be saying, "Well, what did I learn about God today? How did I become more holy?" How did I build up other Christians? What opportunities did I have to share my faith? Because Joseph, Daniel, uh, David, these guys were people who were met in their working day mm. and repeatedly through their life did their working skills and the Lord changed the world mm. through their ability to use their working day mm -hmm. and do it faithfully and do it with character. Mm. And um, so this is a prayer. It's a prayer for moms. It's a prayer for teachers. It's a prayer for musicians. It's a prayer for men at the top of businesses, and it's a prayer Every for desk day, works. all it's of us prayer. people. Yeah, one of the other things we did with this song was um, we were trying to put it together, and Jeff Taylor, one of our band, another one, another one of our band who contributed to songs in this record, said, which helped with the melody, and he said, wouldn't it be great if we could get everyone, no matter how difficult their job is, to think of it as J.S. Bach, thought about his working day when he wrote SDG, Soli Deo Gloria, the bottom of every piece. Imagine writing that at the bottom of every day at five, at five minutes to five. You could write that about how we've done. And we're sitting there thinking, and um, of course the Bach um, wachtet auf melody from his chorale. That was the worker's prayer. Kristen, you sang it, of course, but uh, and wrote it. There, there are just some very, very interesting sounds going on inside there. I, yeah, that, that was Bach. Yeah, we course. did that the piece by Bach, but what we did instead of playing it in classical instruments, we played it on folk instruments. So it has a very different timbre to it. Those were amazing lyrics that you wrote. Thank you so much for sharing those with us in the new song. I spent a lot of, you know, a good few weeks working on that and, and time away from Eliza, which was quite tricky at times because it took mm. a while. Because as I said before, it was a, a new concept to have to write about. Um, mm. And also Stuart Town had spoke into it too. And I got a lot of the lyric underway. He came in and tweaked it here and there mm. and, and the genius way that he does that. Um, but it was a great opportunity to write something which we don't just wish to share with other people. But as we even approach our own working day, what is it we think about? What are the things mm. we pray for in the morning before we start? 
start to write songs and mm. um, before we do a concert and um, before you I kneel my master maker to offer the work of my hands it's just a simple cry mm. um, and I've actually found it useful in my own life and um, to have thought through those things as I go about my working day as a writer and as a mum. Kristen let's talk about a song that's on your brand new album and uh, now I've heard you do this many many times you do it at the final end of a concert if yeah. people really keep clapping <laughs> I've, I've never heard them not clap where you didn't oh my need to do it yeah, but you have funny world of an encore <laughs> I, I know but 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 actually you include one song which really it's an old hymn it's right an it's old hymn sort of hymn. done in a, in a new way if you like with the sort of sound that's of the Irish and the bluegrass thing this particular one right the style is there but mm -hmm. for anybody no matter what their age is or no matter what their church background they end up clapping you know as 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 you're singing nothing but the blood nothing but the blood Jesus and that's what this song is we have a couple of um it opens up with Angeline the Baker which is an old American folk melody song and mm -hmm. um, which is a lot of fun playing the mandolins very cool and then mm -hmm. um we sing the song and then there's another little melody in the middle which I can't actually remember what it's called and then at the very end, it's Toss the Feathers, ends with an Irish um, folk song, which is just a great so melody. So you're actually combining several combining pieces of worlds. music in with nothing yeah. but the blood. In Ireland, growing up in your father's church, would, would you have sung Oh yeah, we'd but have the blood? I didn't grow up with a very strong hymn tradition. It was quite a contemporary church. But the, um, the, those key hymns that people love, they always came through, mm. and that was one of them. Mm. And it's a wonderful message to send people out with. You know, there's a simplicity to it. There's Go a, a gospel focus to it. Realize what we have in mm. Christ. And sure. we've, we've done the arrangement in such a way that people can involve their whole selves into it, the, the you know, body, mind, and soul, we hope, mm. as they sing it. Let's listen to it. Here it is, nothing but the blood. Thank you, guys, for being Thank on. you so much. Thank you. What can wash away? for joining me on today's episode of Great Stories with Charles Morris. I also want to give a special thanks to Keith and Kristen Getty for sitting down with me to do this interview 10 years ago. I've spoken to them many times since and always love our chats. And you can learn more about their CD, Hymns for the Christian Life, in the show notes or there at haventoday.org. We still have some in our warehouse that I'd love to send out as our thanks for your gift to this ministry. If you want to hear more conversations like this, why don't you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you enjoyed this episode, please help get the word out by leaving us a five-star review. You can also go to haventoday.org and sign up for our weekly email. You'll discover additional episodes posted on the blog. And as always, Thank you for joining me once again on Great Stories with Charles Morris. Mm -hmm.